You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Can we just stand to our feet and honor our guests, Pastor Miles and Catherine Weiss? So, hey, oh my gosh, such a great privilege to be at Discovery Church. We love the spirit here. We love what God is birthing in this region. You know, God is doing a new thing. And I love, I love the, even the title Discovery because it's, it's those that um, seek to pull out the treasure of God to, discovering, to discover what God has. He has new treasures for us each and every day. Well, I'm Catherine Weiss. Miles and I have been in the ministry for like, I guess that's a long time. But, you know, along this journey, I'll just tell you a wee bit of the journey. Um, You know, we were serving in the nations, and it was when we came back from Russia. And we, we were doing marriage seminars in Siberia, Russia, that God put on our heart that we had been neglecting our uh, miles as Jewish identity and that we'd been robbing the, our kids of the double blessing. And so we just began to follow the Lord in that, and he began to um, just give us treasures to see people healed and restored. And so we started keeping the feast. So that's just a a nip it. I won't tell any more about that. But I feel like people need to know your story, right? I think all, life is about stories. So, so then that I don't know how long ago was that? Twelve years or I don't know. It's lost count. But God has been counting His sheep, and they've been coming home and getting healed. And we've been connecting with Israel. Then we went to Israel, and then we began taking tours to Israel. And God began to give us heavy-duty downloads of where we used to come from. You know, He's the God of the, the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we have a long history, but we have an even better future together. So, Abba, we thank you, Lord, for your prophetic word. We thank you that your word is alive, and it is quick, and it is powerful. We thank you for your word to um, bring strength and health to our being today. We thank you that we will not just receive information, but revelation. And we thank you, God, that our life will be rooted and grounded in your forever covenants with us. That you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Release your power and your miracle signs and wonders today. In Yeshua's name, which is Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, you are in a good place, folks. You have a good thing going here. It's a good spirit. Strong spirit of the Lord is in this place, in the worship, with your pastors and leadership team. God's doing something here. He's preparing the North Bay for something that we have not seen for 40 years. And it's coming back around, only it's going to be this model, this year's model. You know, when, when it comes, it will not look like the Jesus movement of the 70s and 60s. It's going to be something that is including the technology and the electronics and the connections that we all feel. But that season is growing on us. And many of us have been, I know some of you here have been interceding for decades for revival. And I want to tell you, it's coming. It's coming. One of the signs of revival is when you start to see indigenous music arise. And there's been indigenous music arising in Israel and in the nations. We travel all over. And as that arises, there's revival is coming soon. So you're in a good spot. And uh, we're honored to be here. So I want to talk to you about discovering your family inheritance. I see what I did there. Um, because I, and apparently I have 40 minutes to download 4,000 years to you. So... 
buckle up. I'm from New York. I talk fast, so you know you can hang on. But uh, the idea is that what Catherine mentioned about the double portion is not just for the Jews who are following Jesus, but the Jews who are following Jesus are a sign and a wonder in the earth. There are more Jews coming to Jesus now than any time since the book of Acts. That is a sign of the season that we're in. It means that worldwide revival will continue as Israel is restored because Yeshua is return Jesus is returning to a Jewish Jerusalem. And I want to say at the outset that to be pro-Israel is not to be anti-Arab. Yes, Rabbi. What I mean by that is when God gave us the download of this double portion message, he also required of us that we work with and love our Arab cousins. And that we've done that faithfully. We've supported them, we've financed them, we've helped their ministries, we work with them all the time. And, and there's something that God's doing that's greater than this thing you see on the news. When you look at television, don't believe it. Do not believe it. Mark Twain said, if you, read, if you don't read the newspapers, you're uninformed. If you do read the newspapers, you're misinformed. And I would say that goes for TV and many internet sites as well. That's why we've developed resources for people. You can sign up for our newsletter, um, which is a good idea. You just go to, you take a picture of this, take out your Bibles, I mean your phones, and take a picture of info at MK Hop. MK Hop is Miles and Catherine House of Peace. Because our story is about reconciliation, first with marriages and families, parents and children, and then the Jews and the Arabs. And God started to give us to the nations to see them reconcile to God. And we've been on this amazing journey. In a few minutes, I'll talk to you a little bit about what we've been doing in China. We're involved with radio going into the Muslim world from the Galilee. Think about it. At what time in history, answer is never, has the gospel gone out in Arabic to Jordan to Lebanon, to Syria, to Iraq, and to Egypt every night in Arabic from the Galilee in Israel. It's happening now. We're connected with China. We're connected with the Muslim world in that way. And we just feel like we, we just want to encourage you that if God can do these giant things on the earth, he can take care of you. You are a small project compared to the macro projects that he's got on his to-do list. So if he's made promises to you, you have a word over your life, believe it. Believe it, because eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has for those that love him. And you love him. I can tell in your worship. And God's preparing you with a level of faith that is going to be able to touch this community because of the way you're lit up from the worship and from the word and from the leadership that you're receiving, you're going to be lit up in such a way that people will ask, what's up with you? And you can say, you can give them a reason for the hope that is within you. So we're, we're writing a series of books. The next one comes out in, in the spring. It's called When Heaven Hits Home. And it's for marriages, but it's much more than marriages. It has some of the testimony of the reconciliation we've seen around the world and some of the things that can happen between roommates or parents and children or neighbors or co-workers. It's about how God brings himself into the middle of things when we ask him to. So we want you to sign up. There's a, you can get a free downloaded chapter of it if you go to whenheavenhitshome.net. So people ask about the end times. You know, are we there? Is it soon? Is Jesus coming? What does it mean? What's the, is it, are you premillennial, amillennial? 
For those of you who have suffered through Bible college, you understand that those concepts are thrown around, and you hear premillennial, amillennial, uh, dispensationalist, post-tribulation, pre-tribulation. And it's very confusing. Here's the, the inside track on this, I believe. In order to understand where we are in time and understand the headlines, the next book series, we're making video t videos of these right now, the next book series is going to be called When Heaven Hits the Headlines. Because the only way to understand what you're hearing in the news or mishearing in the fake news or whatever you, however you look at it is through the lens of Scripture. It's the only way to interpret what we're seeing. So to that end, we have to come to a place of Israelology. This is my end times theory. I didn't coin the word, but I like it. Israelology, God's love story includes a chosen family, the family of Abraham, through whom he will bring worldwide redemption. We're living in the times the prophets long for. Israel in scripture provides the most accurate lens through which to view God's purpose and his eschatology. When you see Israel, when you hear about Israel, do not think of it as a political entity and as a political pain, which it is. But really think about it. It's about a very long love story that God wrote. And he began before the foundation of the world, continued into the garden, through the fall of man, to the call of Abraham, and the promise that came to Abraham that in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. What was in him? Messiah. Jesus' great-great-great-great-grandfather is Abraham. So through this lineage, through this family, God blesses the entire world with salvation. So to understand where we are, we have to understand that Israel is a key part of world revival. And so it's also, it also can be a key part of our own double blessing, our own proportional blessing. For in him, all the promises of God are yes. Therefore, also through him is the amen by us to the glory of God. Can you say yes and amen? Turn to somebody and say, yes and amen. Yes. Now think about the words that are spoken over your life, not the noise that you hear from the devil or family members or your boss or your employees. Nuh -uh. Think about the words you have heard from God, how he sees you, how he loves you, what he wants for you. And now turn to somebody and say, yes and amen. Yes. Now God made promises to Abraham. He promised him this lineage that Messiah would come. He promised him the land. Uh-oh, let's not go there. Well, we have to go there. He promised the land to Abraham, and this little sliver that we're fighting over in the news every day is a tiny little portion of what God promised to Abraham and his seed. It really is supposed to go from the river Euphrates in Iraq and Syria all the way to the Nile in Egypt. And I believe prophetically that that is going to happen. However, it's going to be a bumpy ride getting there. It's a tough neighborhood. Very tough neighborhood. Although I fear, I fear for my life more when I fly through Detroit than I ever do in the so-called West Bank, the heartland of Israel. You know, I, don't, I never worry that. I'm either too dim or too New York or something, but I never worry about it. We brought our kids there when they were young, and we bring people there all the time. We go twice a year. We have 50 people coming with us next in two weeks, to walk the land and to, to have the Bible come alive. And if you can do it, I heartily, rec heartily recommend save your shekels and make an appointment in Jerusalem. I'm serious. It doesn't have to be with us, but we would love to host you. I think we have one of the best tours that goes, but that's just me. 
Uh, and some people know that that's true. <laughs> Our tours are getting more and more spectacular. Why? Because we're so wonderful? Maybe. Or the anointing of the Lord is growing because he's hungry for you, for his people to understand the depth of his love and the power of his story. And so at every time we go, it's more anointed than the time before. And we've been there, I don't know, 30, 35 times. I don't know how often. So here's the promise to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Huh. Well, there's a great T-shirt you can get in Jerusalem. It's got Babylon, Egypt, Syria, and all the ancient worlds. And they're all crossed out. And then little Israel is over here with a check mark. Why? Because the nations that have risen up against Israel have left the face of the earth. Where is Rome today? Where is Greece today? They're in disarray or in decline because they withstood the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his little group of gnarly little people that he says he loves. You can't figure it out. It's not because we're so wonderful. It's not because we're so tall, that's for sure. It's not because we are so smart. It's because of his sovereign choice, right? He chose you. Sometimes when he chooses you, not the greatest thing your family ever heard about. Anybody here have that experience? You became a zealot and your family thought that you've gone nuts, right? God's sovereignty is, is intertwined with this restoration of Israel. And the restoration of Israel is a key to the restoration of the revivals around the world and also to our own personal revival. Now, Isaac was the miracle child that came through Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, three generations. That's why when I come into a young church like this, and most of you are young, relatively speaking, uh, and I see the little lambs over here, right? And Madison over here. And I just think, wow. God is the God of generations. He's the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. He enjoys, he lives for, and really blesses that generational thing that we can do. And, and you're doing it. You're doing it. That's, I believe, John, this is for you. I believe that it's going to be young families that you're going to see come with the question of how do I raise my kids? How do I, how do I get them through the tri trials and tribulations of the regular school system, this, that, and the other? Young families are going to come seeking wisdom for their families, and you and your team are going to be an answer for the families in Rona Park and for the North Bay. Yeah. What was God's promise to Isaac? Adonai appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land about which I tell you, for to you and to your seed I give all these lands. Hold the presses. The land was not given through Ishmael, was not given through Esau. It was given through Isaac and Jacob. It's in the Bible. And I will confirm my pledge that I swore to Abraham your father. There is no political solution for the Middle East. There's only a spiritual solution. That's why we work overtime to see my people get saved and to see my Arab cousins get saved because that's the answer for, for the Middle East, salvation. I will multiply your seed like the stars of the sky and I'll give your seed all these lands and in your seed all the nations of the earth will continually be blessed. And then he promises to Jacob, 
Adonai gave to Israel. Jacob's name was changed to Israel when he met with God. To, I will give you the entire land that he'd shown and sworn to give to their fathers. They took possession and settled in it. There's a generational blessing that is coming through the line of Abraham that includes this promise of the land. No wonder it's the most contested real estate on planet Earth. No wonder it's in the news every day. Two reasons. One is that it's not primarily about dirt. It's primarily about the word of God. Because if God keeps his covenant with the Jewish people, and keeps his covenants that he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he'll keep his covenant with you. So of course the devil himself wants to contest that because he wants to prove that God is a liar and that his promises are of none effect. But that's not the case. He is not a man that he should lie. He says something, he does it, and then we need to decide to believe it. It's a place that I call covenantal continuity. There's something about covenantal continuity where God promises something, brings it to pass generation to generation. He promised a family, he promised a place, and he promised the greatest blessing of all, that through you, Messiah Yeshua, or Jesus Christ, would come. That's the blessing. Greatest blessing in the history of the world is the birth, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Second next greatest blessing that's on its way to us, the return. He came first as a suffering servant, and he's returning as the Lion of Judah. He's coming to rule and to reign. And, you know, he's the only political leader I can faithfully submit to. I have problems with everybody else. But when Jesus comes as king, I'm cool. I'm okay. I'm good. <clears throat> now, this promise to Abraham is significant to us because we see it repeated in the Newer Testament, in the New Covenant. In Acts 16, 31, Paul says to the jailer, put your trust in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Anybody here reaching for a family member? Anybody here have a family member that's walked away from God? Anybody here have a family member that desperately needs a touch from the Lord? Anybody here have a family that needs to be healed or saved or delivered from addictions or turned around? Raise your hand high. God, you see these hands. You are not a man that you should lie. These are promises from you, from everyone in this place. And I tell you today, in the name of the Lord, that God will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. We've seen miracles in our family, things that we could not have done. I see it every day in my counseling office. You know, some people think I'm a hotshot therapist. Just stand back, get out of the way, and let God do what he's going to do. You know, it's, it's incredible because he loves he is love. Here's the promise to you and to your children. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. He doesn't forget. He doesn't question. He doesn't, God never says, hey, I just thought of something. He knows the end from the beginning. He is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. Now, Jesus came to the Jews first. He said, I, I only was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He needed to have the Jewish disciples raised up, recognize his oneness with the Father, and then take that word in John 17 out to the Gentile world. I'm not going to go into it today, but, but my people's rejection of the gospel has been the salvation of the world. God is so awesome that he took our rejection of Jesus and pushed the gospel out to the entire world because he loves the world. 
God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So when you think about, what's wrong with these Jews? They got the Bible. What is their problem? They don't get it. How can they not see it? You don't see it till you see it, folks. Was there a day that you didn't know Jesus? And then there was a day when you did know Jesus? Same for us. Now, what was in the way? Hmm, your sin. Ah, same with us. What else was in the way? 2,000 years of Christian persecution? No, but for my people. The Inquisition, the Crusades, the pogroms in Russia, and the Holocaust, which we attribute to Christians because they weren't Jews. We know the German Nazis were not actual Christians, but all of that otherness is a stumbling block. A friend of mine, Michael Brown, he's a teacher. He said that uh, he was debating a rabbi, and the rabbi said to him, I could row a boat on a river of blood spilled of my people in the name of your Jesus, and you're telling me he's my Messiah? Do you think I'm crazy? You see the gap there has been Christian replacement theology, which says, which many of us learned in church and or Bible college, that the Jews missed it, we got it. The Jews, eh, we, ha. And I'm telling you, it's a heresy from the first century by a man named Marcion. And I'll, I'll show it to you in a moment in my work with China. But the idea is that, that God is restoring our understanding of this love story that goes back to the garden and then to Abraham and through the Jewish people to the Christian world. And it's coming back around to Jerusalem. This is how God says it about the Jews. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me, then the offspring of Israel also will cease from being a nation before me forever. In other words, just like I created the sun, the moon, and the stars, I created this little group of people. And as long as this is in motion, I've got them. They're still my chosen people. It's very hard for the church to understand, but, it, but we're in a season now when it's time for us to understand it because it's a word of restoration. Amos 9 says, I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. That is an end times prophecy about the day in which we're living, verified by the fact that Israel's back in the land, planting vineyards in the mountains of Israel, the so-called West Bank, which is actually the heartland of Israel, where all the Bible takes place. Not only so, Christians, Tommy Waller and Hayovel, the Jubilee ministry, he's got 11 children, and who knows how many grandchildren. He moved them all to Israel pastor, moved them all to Israel so they could help the Orthodox Jews up in the mountains plant the vineyards. And every year he brings hundreds of Christians in to prune, to plant, to plow, to pluck, and to deliver the grapes to the Orthodox Jews. And the Orthodox said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You guys, what do you want from us? We don't know if we trust you. We're not sure. That, what are you up to? Are you trying to make us Christians? Are you, what are you going to do with us? And they had a council, 10 rabbis, and they decided that the appearance of the Christians to help with the harvest was a sign of the fulfillment of prophecy. We see things like that all the time now. 
You see, this planting is a physical thing, but it mirrors a spiritual thing that God is doing in the earth. When he says he's going to plant us in the earth, he means that there's going to be a, a, a grinding out of the heart of stone and replacing of it with the heart of flesh. When Israel started to come back in the early 20th century, it was a swamp, a malarial swamp. In 1867, Mark Twain went there and he said, yuck, these rocks and dirt and a couple Arabs and a few Jews, what a mess. And they hate Christians, everybody, all of them. Came back and he wrote an innocent abroad, complaining about the condition of Israel. But, but God says this in Ezekiel, looking forward to this time when we would be restored to the land. He says, I, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Just like what happened to you spiritually is happening to the land and the people as God begins to dig out the malarial swamps and begins to restore the land to, into a garden as promised by Isaiah. You should have pictures there, I believe. No? Is there a black and white picture going back a little bit? Yeah. This is in the 1920s. Malaria, killing off the people. They went in and stone by stone, rock by rock, they dug the swamps out and made it land that was arable, that was useful for farming, just like he does with you. Takes your stony heart, takes it out and gives you a heart of flesh. And then suddenly you find yourself thinking thoughts that you never thought before and using language that you never used before, like clean language. I remember when I first got saved and I was, the pastor was walking down the aisle I tugged on his coat, and I said, hey, this morality thing, it's not too bad. <laughs> Unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness with, arise with healing in his wings. You shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. A promise in the Older Testament about this son of righteousness, this Yeshua, arising and bringing healing with him. You know that the light that God has given in Israel not only is he, the, the greatest light, of course, is, is the light of the world, Messiah Yeshua, right? But God is so generous that he gave the Jewish people the ability to be a blessing to the earth, even in the natural. We are 0.02% of the population of the earth, but we hold 22% of the Nobel Prizes for medicine, technology, art, literature, music, etc. Why? Because we're so great? No, because God is not a man that he should lie. He said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a blessing in the earth. And so he does. And I'm not talking about Arafat's priest prize. I mean like for stuff that actually helps people. Okay, that's a reference that people under 30 don't get. That's okay. I got to make some, I got to update some of this. Okay, so light has come. The whole country is covered in solar power. Everywhere you go, you see these giant fields of solar power because we have a lot of sun. It's a desert, so there's plenty of sunshine, and so we've harnessed it in order to be a light to our world, taught the Jordanians how to grow vegetables this way, exported this technology to Africa, to poverty-stricken places in Africa, so they can have solar to create wells, to have water, to grow vegetables, to have cottage industries, and come up out of dirty water and poverty. Hallelujah. And it's just throughout the land. One thing you will enjoy when you come with us, if you're a jihadi vegan like I'm flirting with right now, but if you are a vegetable-type person, you get the best food in the world when you come to Israel. It's all grown right there. <laughs> it's a satisfied customer. <laughs> 
So we see this everywhere. This place that was a malarial swamp is booming with life. Everywhere you go, there's farms and fruit and vegetables and just, just an incredible number of great stuff. Now, not only so, what he says in promising the restoration of Israel, he talks about the water of life. What did Jesus say? Ho, everyone that thirsts, come to me. I am the true water, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. What's he doing in restoring Israel in the natural? He's teaching us how to use water in a desert in a way that's never been done before. When you go home and you turn on your drip irrigation in the backyard, call me and thank me. Thank a Jew. Because drip irrigation was invented in Israel. It's all over the world now. Preserving water and directing water to its most efficient use came out of Israel. Let There Be Water. There's a great book by Seth Siegel about the, the changes that are going on there. Okay, so I would say to you this. Just as that water of life is being spread through Israel to the world, so it is with you. You are water. You're water in Rona Park. You're water in the North Bay. On the last day of that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You are water out there on a dry and thirsty land. People that need to know there's living water. And you're carrying it. You're carrying it. So this technology is breaking through to create streams in the desert. And to create light where there was darkness. Light. You are light. For once you were darkness, but now in union with the Lord you are light. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. This picture of Tel Aviv, coastline, sister city of San Francisco, can you see why? This, is, this was a swamp. It was a sand dune. A sand dune that is now one of the most vibrant cities in all the world. In a hundred years, this happened. Under a hundred years. It's because light and water have come in the natural. And it's a sign and a wonder that light and water is increasing around the world as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. Now, Jews and Gentiles were always intended by God to worship together. And that's what we represent. Turns out my wife's Gentile. I just found out. And one of the things that has been in our hearts is to connect with the, the persecuted church in China, which has what they call the Back to Jerusalem movement. Their deal is this. They're Christians that are persecuted under threat of death in prison. We've interviewed them on television. We've been with them. We actually went to Shanghai and taught some of the leaders, leaders that are responsible for millions of people. And what we found along the way is that they are fearlessly going through what's been called the 1040 window the window of missions in the Muslim world going back to Jerusalem. So the gospel, get this, the gospel arises out of Jerusalem. It goes west into Greece and then around the world through Europe and America and is now is rising in the east. And some of the strongest Christians in the world are coming out of Asia. And they are fearless. They're coming through this 1040 window this window of the Muslim world, and they're on their way back to Jerusalem. So they saw us on television, and they said, we need to get you to teach our leaders about this Jerusalem connection because we're praying through the Muslim world, and we're sending one-way ticket missionaries through, the, through there. God so loved the world that he gave the Bible to us. If you take the entire Bible, if you take the Bible from Genesis 
to revelation, it forms the word son in Hebrew. And so really, because of his heart of love, he sent his son to all of us. You have a sacred, sacred calling on you. You know, it does not... It does not contraindicate having fun and being filled with the joy of the Lord and enjoying your life. And we're not going to get weirdly religious and you're safe here because this is not a weirdly religious place. Hallelujah. But I do want to tell you that, that this heart of God was to give the Bible to the Jewish people for the world. Some people have said that it's the Bible that kept the Jews, but excuse me, that the Jews kept the Bible and passed it on from generation to generation, but the truth is, it's the Bible that kept the Jews so that you could have it, so you could know the Word and also know the living Word, the Son of God. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen and amen. I want to encourage you to seek the double blessing. This may sound self-serving, but I've tested it, and I know it's true. As you work with Messianic churches, as you support people that are bringing the gospel to the Jewish people, you are helping the gospel to go around the world. You are helping the Jews to get saved because the day is coming when my people will say, just as Jesus said we needed to say, Matthew 23, 39, he said, you'll not see me again until you say, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the first offshore breezes of that understanding is for the Jews to see the notes ream, full of God's love, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the gifts of the Spirit, the signs and wonders, and the supernatural love that we've never known from Christians. But now we look at you and we see the face of God. And we prepare, God's preparing us to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we are ushering together the return of the Lord is coming. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.